Hello, hello. Hey up. What's up? What's good? Ni hao. Bonjour. Privyet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, creative, artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Brilliant show for today with a remarkable guest. On the show today, we welcome my old friend, dance team coach for the UCLA Spirit Squad, and choreographer for the Las Vegas Raiderettes, Tiffany McNiff. Tiffany comes from a competitive and professional dance background. She's been dancing for over 25 years. She spent years competing in jazz, ballet, and lyrical. And outside of competitive dance, she has performed with the Raiders, the 49ers, Lakers, and Suns. Previously, she also danced with the Fresno City Ballet. And during her time as an Oakland Raider cheerleader, she was co-captain, captain, and 2009 Dancer of the Year. She was also fortunate to perform in Iraq on a military tour. As a coach, she has been a leader with the Fresno State Dance Team, UCLA Berkeley Dance Team, and the Arizona Cardinal Cheerleaders. She's choreographed for numerous teams around the United States, including the Phoenix Suns Dancers, the LA Kiss, and the San Jose Sabre Kittens. On today's episode, Tiffany chats about the recent challenges that came with coaching a college squad during a pandemic. Tiffany also chats about the creativity needed to be a choreographer and how she stays fresh with her ideas and how she continues to be motivated in a world where where dances become viral daily. Finally, Tiffany reflects and reminisces on her dance career and we discuss her most memorable events and locations in which she has performed. Love, 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 love chatting with Tiffany. She has an incredibly creative and imaginative mind that has allowed her to be a successful choreographer and it's been inspiring to watch her coaching evolution. And Tiffany even reflects on that in on our conversation as we discuss how she has changed during her time and the things she has learned about herself in the process. 2020 was a very important year for Tiffany as she welcomed into her life her very first daughter, Harlow. And Harlow was a third member of this interview. And you'll hear her exciting and boisterous voice from time to time in our conversation. Tiffany's awesome. I feel like I chat with her every day. I love her creativity. But more importantly, I love her passion for teaching and being a leader to young athletes. It's incredibly refreshing, and I admire all the work she does. Elated for you guys to meet her, so let's go ahead and bring on dance team coach of the UCLA Spirit Squad, Tiffany McNiff, and let's learn. So Tiffany, it's been an incredible year, but first of all, how was it being a new mother of all times during a pandemic? I'm sure this was not what you planned when you were younger. It was the craziest experience of my life. Um, You know, during my pregnancy, I was really excited and um, I was told I wasn't going to be able to have kids. So my daughter was a huge surprise and it was a really complicated pregnancy. So once we got to, you know, finally having her, we had our April 9th and the pandemic started right in March. So two weeks before we gave birth, the lockdown happened and it was like our world was flipped completely upside down. I think the good thing about the timing was we knew nothing at that point about coronavirus. It was like we knew it was this new virus that was taking over the world by storm was happening, but we didn't know, you know, logistically how bad it was or how big it was. Um, I remember watching the news and they were like, this weekend we will hit the peak death rate. And it was the weekend I was supposed to have my daughter. So naturally being a new mom, you're paranoid anyways, but it was just crazy. Every time I went to the doctor, there was new information. It was like, oh, now it lives on surfaces. Oh, and your parents can't be at the hospital. Your husband can't be at the hospital. You're going to be by yourself. So I think mentally, um, 
I had to just mentally prepare myself for worst case scenario. And then whatever happened was just kind of a positive. So I think just trying to stay in the right frame of mind and not knowing as much as we know now kind of helped me get through it. But it's been crazy, but it's been a blessing. I don't think any other time in my life I'll have this much time on my hands and be at home. So I've really got to witness like her whole first year of life almost, which would never happen in real life. So I'm thankful for that. So during the long sleepless nights and the endless time that you have, what were the shows that you binged or the books that you read during all that time? Oh, books. I have been upside down. I wish I could read a book right now, but I have been a full-time mom, momming 24 hours a day, and my husband's working from home. So most of our time has been spent outdoors, going for walks, going for hikes, trying to do anything to occupy her. And she's crying right now. <laughs> Hang on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you good? Here, look. You're all right. You're cool. Can I have five? Thank you. Okay, she's fine. I'm totally keeping that in the episode. I'm totally keeping that in. <laughs> Hi, Arlo. She can wave. Hey. <laughs> what were some of the challenges that you faced or the frustrations that you faced as a coach? Because this was a, a, a new territory as well for you. I think the biggest frustration was just the unknown. So I made it through my last game last season and we ended on such a high. Um, we were on the Kelly Clarkson show. We were on almost every news channel in the media that we could possibly be on. We had an incredible season as a team. So we were all on a high and we had high expectations going into this year, you know, with the new members and the old members about how talented everyone would be. And our whole season was just kind of put on a pause. So I think the biggest frustration was just not knowing what was next for us. Um, we pushed back tryouts. They were supposed to be in May. We said, let's not do anything until July. So we went months without, um, you know, a lot of communication from the school as to when and where we would be able to have tryouts. And then we had to enter this whole new process of selecting a team virtually and what that format looks like and how we will continue to practice as a team virtually. So we went from, you know, seeing each other five times a week and training and having tryouts and having auditions in person to everything is now virtual and we were kind of just waiting it out to see what happened with the pandemic and unfortunately here we are eight months later still in the same boat was there anything that you learned or you did differently that you're going to stick with or that you felt made you a better coach oh geez that's a great question i think the whole zoom process was kind of challenging and difficult because you really couldn't get a sense of a person through a computer screen so I think as far as a learning aspect, I learned um, kind of how to read people a little bit better. And I learned the importance of communication. I think with um, not being able to see each other in person, you don't really get to see how people are reacting and how they're actually doing. You know, I can pick up on if something's wrong with one of my teammates or a person on my team right away. And when you don't have that face to face, it's really hard to tell. So I think in a pandemic, what I learned is really to check up on people and make sure everybody's doing okay, because this has been an extremely hard year and challenging year for all of us. And I think the biggest piece of advice for anyone I would give as a coach is just really check up on your people and make sure from a mental aspect, they're okay before you, you know, put other priorities such as practice in place. When things were incredibly difficult, what was your why? What motivated you to keep going? Because I know it was a very emotionally up and down year. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, my why is always because this is my passion and it's what I love. Um, I love inspiring people. I love seeing my dancers grow as not just dancers, but as people. I love seeing um, them perform and can perform and continue continuing to push themselves. So my why is always just because it's my passion and it's what I love. And I finally have the opportunity to be a coach at a collegiate level and, you know, teach the dancers what I've learned as a coach. And I just think, you know, that is something that will always motivate me is seeing their growth. Prior to your coaching career, you had a successful career as a performer, a member of several different professional teams. When you look back on your time as a performer, what are some of your favorite memories? The most incredible experience I ever had as a performer was performing in Iraq as a Raiderette. Um, they selected five of us. It was 2009, and we just had the most incredible life-changing time. Um, I've always had the most admiration and respect for our military, but being overseas and seeing how they live and how much they're sacrificing of themselves and for us, it was just a new level of appreciation and respect I had, and it was just such a life-changing experience. We did everything from perform on a flatbed truck to perform and visit Saddam's palace. It was crazy. We played a garage band with the special forces. It was just a whirlwind of an experience that I would have never had in life if it weren't for being a cheerleader. Yeah. How about just the sporting events that you were a part of across multiple sports? Which are the sporting events that you're like, gosh, I will never forget that one. Oh my gosh, there were, I mean, there were so many. There were so many iconic moments of, you know, just playing different teams who are so remarkable and seeing incredible players play. I mean, seeing Steve Nash retire from the Suns, that's a very iconic moment. And just, I don't know, I, I don't think I have a game that necessarily sticks out, but any game that we were in the playoffs or it was a close game was just so exciting and I remember soaking in every single moment and I would never never take back those moments I miss it and I love it and I wish I could still do it but I'm old now so <laughs> not anymore well in addition to your coaching you're also a talented choreographer working with the Raiderettes and multiple other teams but currently the Raiderettes so where do you find your inspiration for choreo because that's a whole different aspect of coaching so where do you find yeah. inspiration oh geez I I think I just find my inspiration through music it, it's never anything specific. It's just like some songs you turn on and it's just so exciting. I feel like right now we're in a bit of a music lull when it comes to like uplifting upbeat songs. We're kind of in the emo phase. I'm looking back. I'm looking forward to getting back to the party crazy phase of songs that just want to make you get up and dance. But um, yeah, I find my inspiration through music. I love Latin influenced songs. I don't know why, but to me, it's just, they're so exciting and so much fun. And it just motivates me to get up and dance, get up and move. Working with young men and women can be challenged. So how do you create a level of trust with your squad? And then with that, how do you feel that you've changed over the years? Well, I've definitely changed. <laughs> That's a big one. Um, you create trust. Um, well, trust is earned one, but you create trust through respect and how you treat your team is how they will treat you. And if you respect them, they will respect you. It sounds very simple, but it really comes down to that. I feel that dancers are oftentimes underappreciated and they put in just as many hours as professional athletes and collegiate athletes 
but really they don't get as many perks as all the other programs. So really acknowledging that the work that they are putting into it and sharing the moments, um, the highs and the lows and being there for your team, not just from a coaching perspective, but on and off the field and there for them in their highs and lows is how your team will begin to trust you. I think as a college coach, I've seen so many different things happen. We've suffered great loss as far as, you know, students losing parents, students being away from home for the first time. Um, geez, you name it, <laughs> you name it. I've kind of seen it in the last 10 years of my college coaching. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is respecting people and treating them how they want to be treated. And in turn, they'll begin to trust you and respect you as well. Um, I think I've changed in many ways. I started coaching when I was 21 years old. And my first coaching job was at Fresno State. So I was coaching people my own age and my peers. And I feel like I was a bit of a drill sergeant. And the reason I was that way, I think, is because I was insecure in um, – my coaching, one, because I was new, and two, I was intimidated because people were at the same level of dance as me, and they were the same age as me, so I felt like a need to prove myself, and now, at this point in my career, I, I don't feel that. I'm not intimidated by others. I'm not intimidated by talent. I think there's dancers on my team who are far more talented than I ever was, and I think that's an amazing thing, and I want to use that to motivate the rest of my team and to motivate myself to continue to push myself as coach. So I think it really comes down to not being intimidated of others and sharing your knowledge and being encouraging. And I think I've grown a lot as a coach, which I'm proud of, but I apologize to anyone who was on my team. The first year I was coaching you, I was probably a pain in the ass and I'm so sorry. <laughs> Well, I, I love the introspection that you have and the, on the development, but also just like, like you said, I'm not intimidated by a talent anymore. Now you respect talent and see it as something that's great as opposed to be something that can be feared. As a leader, you got to be in the right frame of mind to inspire others. But what about on the days where you're, you're not feeling it? You got two hours of sleep because Harlow is keeping you up. How do you get yourself in the right frame of mind on those days? Oh, geez. I think there's a lot of those days and there's a lot of those days for the team. But um, our motto is to always leave whatever outside of the room and outside, leave your baggage outside of the door. And when you come in, we are all a part of this team because we share the same passion for dance and life. And it's something that's very meaningful to us. And it's a time for us all to forget whatever is on our mind and, you know, get to that place of, happiness and that's what dance brings us so the way I kind of get out of that frame of mind is just try to leave that at the door and when we walk into practice focus on the task at hand and the routines that we're working on and just enjoy being there in the moment because those moments don't last for long with college you know the longest I'll have someone on my team is four years and it truly flies by so just trying to soak in every moment and enjoying enjoying being a part of you know the team with social media, things can be viral, become popular really quick. But on the flip side of things, it means you got to stay fresh. I know it's got to be a tremendous challenge for you as well. So how do you stay constantly creative? It's not like in the past, we could do one thing and maybe stick with that routine for an entire year. Now you got to be fresh at all times and it's keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. So how do you stay creative constantly? I think that's a really big challenge. And the way I stay creative is by continuing to dance. So I take online dance classes to stay current. And I think there's nothing wrong with 
outsourcing and hiring others to do choreography. I like my choreography. I think it's fun. I like to think my team likes it, but that doesn't mean that every style is my strong suit. So for instance, when it comes to hip hop, I am not a hip hop choreographer, so I will outsource and bring in the best choreographers I can find. I always um, try to make a point at our camps to kind of bring in a diverse group of dancers who have different dance backgrounds. So not only can my team learn, I can too. And my job is to perfect it, make it look bomb on the court, which I can do. But um, if it's out of my wheelhouse, it's okay to ask for help because at the end of the day, it's still my team. And whatever the finished product is, is a product of myself, regardless if I choreographed it or didn't choreograph it. So just trying to stay relevant is challenging. You know, I'm in my 30s now. There's new viral dance moves every single day. I can only keep up to what I can keep up with. So um, when I can't keep up, I bring in people who can and we continue to learn from others. And I think that's an amazing thing to do. Well, it's an amazing thing that you're doing as, as a leader because you're admitting you don't know everything and you're evolving. I think it's tremendous since why you're so successful. What do you do in times where when you don't know the answer? You're a role model for all these young athletes and they're always going to look upon you for the answer. And you've already told me that one of the things you do is, is you outsource and you look for help. So when you don't know the, the answer and an athlete's looking for you for the answer, what do you do in those times of uncertainty? Well, I think we just talk through it as a team. I think a lot of times the answers are within your team. You know what I mean? Like maybe I don't know the answer to something, but somebody else in the room does. And we talk through it and we get to the point of where we can figure something out. And I'm the first person to admit like, you know what? I don't know. Let's talk about that. And we learn from each other. So I think just leaning on each other and I'm incredibly blessed and humbled to be around some of the smartest, most talented people. I mean, about 3% of people who apply to UCLA get in. So I'm very fortunate to be coaching some of these extremely bright minds that aren't just talented. They're incredibly smart as well. So I think we lean on each other a lot for the answers to things that I might not know, or they might not know, but we're always there for each other. How about outside of coaching for you? Who are the allies, the people in your life that if you don't know something that you go to? You know, I have two friends in um, professional coaching that I call a lot and we actually bounce ideas off of her, off of each other. Um, she is an NFL cheer director and we call each other probably at least four times a week and she'll say, Hey, this happened. I want your perspective. And, and, you know, I'll give her my opinion and she'll give me hers. But I think it's really good to have an ally in coaching that is like-minded like you, because there are some times in coaching, you're coaching young people that there are situations that are difficult. And, you know, you might, your first instinct might be to react and say, okay, well, that's it. You're off the team or you're benched or you're whatever, but you oftentimes just have to step back from the situation. And when I don't know, I have my go-to person I call and I'm like, Hey, what is your perspective? And she kind of gives me, can bring me back down a bit and gives me a good sense of, you know, what her take on the situation. What are your goals? Here we are in 2021, which is just bananas to even say the word 2021, but here we are in new year. What are your personal goals for the year? And also your goals for the UCLA Bruin team? That's a great question. Uh, my personal goals are just to get myself one physically and mentally in the best shape, not just um, physical shape, but mental health, physical health. I just want to continue to put a huge emphasis on that in my life because especially with this pandemic, 
I think it's extremely important to set yourself up. So if you do get sick, you can recover and, you know, continue with your passion. So my number one priority this year is just my health and my wellness and uh, my family, just making sure we're good and continue and um, to choreograph for more teams, hopefully. Um, it's definitely been a challenging year. I had so many different gigs and things set up on the books and then the pandemic hit and it was like, okay, well, there's no more competition. So you're not doing competition routines and there's no more um, classes in person. So now you're on Zoom. So being able to adapt to those things has been a challenge, but um, I'm looking forward to continuing to coach and, you know, get different choreography opportunities and see what, where this takes me. And the goal for my team, number one, is to get to practice in person. Mm. I'm praying that that becomes a reality soon. We have been on Zoom since July and have never met each other in person <laughs> outside of one time where we filmed a commercial wow. and we arrived 30 minutes before and we learned the routine over video. I cleaned it for 30 minutes before it became a national commercial. Wow. So that was one of those moments that it was like, oh my God, just pray and hope for the best because normally you do hours of preparation for something like that in in-person practice. So it's been interesting, but that's my number one goal for the team. Number two, we have auditions coming up. So every year I want to see the program continue to grow. I'm hoping to expand. We have one male dancer on the team. I'm hoping to expand the team and include more male dancers and um, make sure that our program is inclusive and continues to grow. And um, lastly would be just to find as many performance opportunities as possible. I feel like we've missed an entire year of performing. So, you know, if someone wants us to perform and it's a cool opportunity, we are there. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. I, one thing that I know has changed since your first time as a coach at Fresno State is the importance of mental health because you just alluded to it as far as your, yourself. And this is something that 10 years ago we weren't talking about on, on a large setting, a national setting. So what are the practices you have for the team to prioritize mental health? Are there any aspects of meditation or visualization, journaling, anything like that? For us, I think it's about communicating with each other and being open with our feelings. Um, it's definitely okay to not have a good day. And I think as dancers, there's been a stigma and expectation our whole life that you're to show up, shut up and do your job. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has been so ingrained in us since we were three years old to come to class and be quiet and work our hardest. And you're always told, oh, you're not that good. You gotta be better, you gotta be better. Um, to take a step back and really be there for each other and acknowledge when people aren't well to get them the help they need. I'm thankful to coach at a university that prioritizes mental health and has a lot of resources. So, um, you know, when there's signs of people needing help, we're able to, you know, get them into counseling and get them the help they need. But really taking the time to be aware. I think a healthy team and a successful team is only as good as its weakest link. And if your weakest link is having a bad day and not there mentally and you don't stop and say, Hey, are you okay? And check on them. Your team's going to crumble. So, um, especially at a collegiate level, these students are working full-time jobs. They're full-time students. They're at one of the most challenging universities in the country. And then they're expected to have practice at 6am three days a week. So, you know, it's a lot, it's mentally trying and acknowledging that, it's okay to take a break and it's okay to step back if you need to, I think is extremely important. And I think 
my time as a cheerleader, I think oftentimes we skip that step. And I think there was a lot of times there were people who needed help on our team and we didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily see it because we weren't paying attention. So I think being attentive to others is extremely important. Fantastic. Fantastic. I love today's conversation. The UCLA cheer squad is my favorite collegiate cheer squad. I will say that. Thank uh, you. <laughs> what was, is the one television show slash movie that you hope you never hear again that you've heard 200 times over the last uh, six months with that uh, with Harlow? show or movie? I know there's been a show or movie that you've had on, that, that Harlow's had on, that you're like, I don't want to ever hear that again. Well, Mickey Mouse Playhouse is on in the back what, right now. That's why it made me think of that. I saw. <laughs> I... <laughs> I swear I will lay in bed and normally I hear songs in my head and I can be thinking of choreography. No, I lay in my bed and I hear M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. That's me. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, you know what else I don't ever want to hear, see, or know? Tiger King. I watched it and I was like obsessed with the mess. But I just want to put that in the back yeah. of 2020 and close that door and never hear about that again. Tiger King. Incredibly overrated. I thought it was a mess. And like by it episode three or four, it's like, wreck, I'm done. Yeah. But you can stop watching. But yeah. it was a train wreck. How can people stay up to date with the squad? Um, you can stay up to date with us by following us on social media. We are on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. We've been posting YouTube videos and tutorials every teens for you to learn. So if you are a student in high school or a student looking to transfer to UCLA, you can learn our material through YouTube. If you email it to us at our UCLA Spirit Squad email address, I will get back to you and provide you with feedback to help you better prepare for auditions. And then any email inquiries, we always answer. This was awesome. This yeah, was thank you so much. It's so good to see you. I feel like it's been years and I'm happy you're doing well. And this is so cool that Life is taking you to where you're at now, and it's so fascinating. You should have someone interview you for one of the shows because that's fascinating. Anybody who's known you before, where you're at now, like what a cool thing and how life has gotten you to where you're at. Tell us about that. <laughs> you should set it up. I'm really proud of what you're doing. I think you're doing a fantastic job. It's so cool. And I can't believe you've met all the cool people you've met. That's so neat. Thank you. Well, you're, you're one of them. You're one of them. Great seeing your face, number one. Number two, thanks for this. It was an awesome interview. All right. Well, have a good one. So good All to right. see you. Thank you. Bye, Tiff. Bye, Harlow. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Tiffany. Be sure to give UCLA Spirit Squad a, a follow on social media. You can keep up to date with all their events and watch their amazing choreography. My new book. Curiosity is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.